Welcome to Tractionville, the podcast solely dedicated for companies that are running on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White, along with Benj Miller. Today, we've got a special guest. We have certified EOS implementer, Ken DeWitt. Ken, welcome to Tractionville. Thank you for having me, fellas. Good good day to you. So, so full disclosure, everybody, uh, Ken and I went to EOS boot camp together. Oh, se- yeah. Seven years ago, Ken? Eight? Seven, a little, little over seven a little in February. Over, yeah. yeah, that's right, February. So uh, I've uh, I've had the pleasure of uh, knowing Ken and and just uh, have you know watched him grow and and we we've, we've been each other's accountability partners and things, and it's been a mm-hmm. great relationship. So Ken, tell us, you know, who were you? Who was Ken Dewitt before EOS? Wow. Yeah, I, Ken Ken DeWitt was a guy who was trying to invent EOS and traction, as so many of us were. You know, right? True. I was. Uh, I had a I had a fractional CFO practice because I have a background as uh, in accounting and owned an accounting firm as one of the many businesses I've owned. Uh, and and I remember thinking, you know what? I need to be able to teach people the things that make companies profitable. And uh, gosh, so. I had a client who said, hey, there's this guy named Don Tenney, you know, and and he wants me to attend a webinar. Will you attend it with me? And so I actually learned about it through one of Don Tenney's webinars. I know you'll have Don on one day. Yeah. And I was blown away. And I I called Don after I said, Don, how can I do this? And within within six weeks, I was there in are you kidding me? Sunny Detroit in February with you. (laughs) So literally, you're. You you're doing your CPA gig, and your client yeah. asked you say, "Hey, can you listen in on this with me?" And it, and, That's it. And, and it changed your life. It changed my life because because I was trying to invent it. I recognized it instantly as something that was whoa. That's way better than I ever thought it would be. And wow. I, I, I instantly fell in love with it. And I had been 15 years, maybe 20 years looking for something like it. Now, was so your initial, funny. was the initial intent to go learn this and then bring it back into your company? Uh, yeah, my C, my CFO practice, I had run a CPA firm for 25 years and tired of that. I was never meant for it, actually. And hmm. uh, those of you who know me, say it's not your typical accountant kind of guy because I never was mm-hmm. and and I always focused on differentiators of what could I do to help people make more money I wanted them to have tax problems so that we could then solve them and uh, and so I joined different organizations starting in the year 98 or so mm. uh, I'm an older person as you might guess and uh, it, it just when you're looking for something, you know it when you see it. And I knew it. I knew it right away. By the way, everybody, this older person rides a carbon fiber bike up mountains. So <laughs> don't let him kid hey, this you. Year, well, this year, I'm really good at downhill being a, <laughs> a hefty, tall fellow at 260 pounds. I'm, I'm a downhill wizard. I was once clocked at 60 miles an hour coming down it. Colorado Highway. Oh my God! Wow. And uh, luckily, the police didn't pull me over. Can Can uh, <laughs> in those uh, CPA years? I don't know this story, but I've heard a rumor that that's actually when you got your nickname, the Hurricane. Oh. How did that happen? Oh, 
can't believe you guys brought this up, but yeah. And to this day, you guys call me hurricane and, uh, it's, it, it well, first off, let me tell you, the story is not a compliment. Uh, and I've actually written a blog post called my worst ever personnel problem. It was me. And so <laughs> here's how it worked out. Uh, I was, a you know, an energetic visionary at age 30, 35 or something like that. And I had probably 10 employees and, uh, they, they just wouldn't stay, you know, they kept leaving. And so I hired a, um, I hired a workplace psychologist. I said, come find out what's wrong with all these people. And usually people kind of chuckle at that moment because they know where this is going. And, uh, so he came in, he did a blind 360 and long story short, they said, Ken, you're the problem. You were the problem. You're, you're, you're intense. You're intense. You're so intense that you have a nickname. I said, what do you mean? I've got a nickname. Said, what do you mean? I've got a nickname. So uh, <laughs> they said, you're called hurricane. And I said, Oh my gosh, nobody's ever called me that. And they said, they're scared of you. Your intensity. I've got this mean looking face, you know, yeah. arresting beach face. You call it there in Florida. <laughs> and, uh, uh, the, the, um, the psychologist said, yeah, they call you hurricane based on your intensity and, and based on, how strong the wind is blowing. What do we got today? Category one, it's not so bad. Um, so after denying it for months, I said, maybe this is happening. And he said, yeah, that's what we call a blind spot. You know, and mm -hmm. so EOS companies know about blind spots. And uh, I said, I need to get better. I need help, but I don't see myself doing it. He says, oh, we have a system for you. And they actually found small one foot square hurricane flags. And so a blue flag would hang outside my office door to tell me I was doing pretty well. Okay. And you guys know a white flag means clear. Blue means rain. Rain was the best I got. Yellow is a gale. You know, uh, one red with black is trouble. I said, what do two red with black mean? He says, we're evacuating. <laughs> and and uh, I, they, uh, they started, you know, changing the flag without me watching. And I would, I would think back, what? What in the world did I do? Oh, yeah, that, that little lady was tearing up when I left her. I was probably a little harsh. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was, you know, I can't shake it now. I can't shake the name. Just you. It was your, it's your fault. You're the one that told everybody when I, when I confessed that story to you. <laughs> Wait, so give us, a, give us a snapshot. So, so you, you two, two, three months later, you just were honest with yourself and, and you're like, okay, I'm hurricane. And I'm, I'm yeah. starting to recognize the behaviors. What'd you do next? Well, I started um, just being honest with myself, looking, uh, obviously looking outside of myself because looking within myself, I realized they're probably right. I was just intense. I was wanting things too hard. Mm -hmm. I came to recognize others needed a, a, a different pace of kin. And mm -hmm. so I, I even, I didn't know what an integrator was at that time, but I, I quit trying to be the integrator and the visionary. And I, I, I let one of my partners be the day-to-day -day supervisor. So that was early find of a, of a integrator at that point. And, um, over time, the, the ultimate thing I did was get out of accounting because I, it wasn't work I loved. Hmm. It, it really wasn't. It, it's work I had learned to do as, as a, one of eight kids who got a college degree, I was 
I was interested in growing up poor. I was interested in making money, not right. thinking I should enjoy my work. Right. But you can't you can't hide it when you don't enjoy your work. So at what point then, you know, you, you attended this webinar and you were like, light bulb, <laughs> U.S. light bulb oh goes off, right? And six weeks later, you roll into boot camp. Yeah, it's Detroit and and it's cold and you know, <laughs> dreary. Yeah, you know the area. <laughs> And, and Don Tenney picks me up at the airport and, and there's only eight of us in, in the boot camp at that point. Yep. It's you and me and, and still two or three others that are still with us. Uh, uh, I just, I felt comfortable uh, immediately, you know, understanding the core values, uh, realizing that that had been the root of a lot of issues in my life is not understanding core values and understanding my own mm. and trying to work with partners that didn't share them. And so, uh, it, just one light bulb after another, it was like, it's like you're camping out and you have a little candle and then it starts to get brighter yeah. as, as it, as it made sense to me. And I thought, this is exactly what I need to teach. But you know, you and I, Chris, I, we were the first guys South of the Ohio river. This was a Midwest thing until we decided yep. to bring it South. That's right. That's right. So no one heard, had heard of, of EOS except Curiously, uh, one of my clients in Tuscaloosa. CEOs, owners, and visionaries, having the right integrator can literally create rocket fuel for your business. Hiring the wrong one is expensive and can even damage the business you've worked so hard to build. The team at Keystone Search is expert at helping visionaries hire their ideal integrator. Keystone has conducted successful integrator searches across the country, and they are proud to say when EOS Worldwide needed an integrator in 2016, Keystone was the firm of choice. If hiring a rock star integrator is in your future, go to keystonesearch.com to download more information or give them a call. Keystone Search is here to help. So you come home, you're, you're now a professional implementer and you're, you're still running your, your fractional CFO, uh, company. And now you're starting this, this, you know, separate journey of, of EOS. Tell us about that journey, the, like the beginning, the struggle. Ah, uh, yeah. Cause you know, recently I said, uh, that in February, I said, this is my seventh anniversary. It's been four of the best years of my life. <laughs> First three years, I struggled. Uh, I had 25 years of momentum thinking like an accountant or being surrounded by people that thought that way. And suddenly I'm hanging out with guys like you and, and uh, others that, that are just really more entrepreneurial than, than, than my normal group had been. Mm-hmm. So I, so, I also heard about burn your boats and I thought, well, how do you burn a boat full of money? I had a practice where I was, I had a substantial income as a CFO. And so I thought, you know, I thought I'll just add them together and see if that works. Well, it didn't work. So that took a year to understand. And then there was the, uh, will, will I be able to make, uh, this work for me if I get out of the CPA business? So there was a two year period where I tried to, to do two things. And I thought they were the same, but clearly they were not. They were not the same and people didn't see them the same. As soon as I uh, voluntarily sent my CPA certificate back and started thinking again, like, like, uh, like the entrepreneurs, then 
people saw me differently. Mm. You, you helped me. I, I, I still remember. <laughs> I still remember the, the story you told me. Do you recall it? Oh, you said, boy. And every morning I wake up with a blowtorch focused on a certain part of my body. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and That's until, right. I, until I get a call made or something, that, that blowtorch is hurting me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think of you and that blowtorch, and you know where I'm talking about. Ken, uh, when I first uh, kind of got under the covers in the EOS community, you know, mostly through Chris, but uh, got to meet some of the the great implementers from around the company and enjoyed them all. But if if I had polled them and said, "Who are the who are the top five ten implementers and who are the great implementers your name would be one that would come up over and over and over um and, and now that's proving true with you you know, coaching these other implementers so here's my question is what makes a great implementer well first off let me say that all those people that say that have never been in my session room so <laughs> know for sure well you fooled them well <laughs> well the clients the clients are happy and that's what counts right um, right you know what makes a great implementer? It's it's it starts, of course, with passion and 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 doing, and and if this work is what you believe you were put on earth to do, that's the first thing that's necessary. And I I recall conversations. I'm 60 years old now, but all my life I can remember. Yeah, at 27, I remember this conversation with my soon-to-be mother-in-law when she asked the question. So, what's your big plan? Translate how. Are are you going to feed my daughter? Right. Um, and and I said one day I'm going to have a company that helps companies that helps owners be more successful. And she said, "Well, why do you want to do that?" Well, you know, my father was not successful in business. We could have done better in their family business. Um, they had retail stores. My father had little tiny pest control company and garden center and. And I saw such struggle and pain in both my family as well as the others as I was serving as a CPA. And I said, I, I think I'm, I'm destined to figure out how to help people learn business. Mm. And, and so the first thing is, if you, you know, down in Alabama, we have a famous guy named Forrest Gump. And he said, <laughs> what's your destiny? I, it was my destiny to do this. Yeah. I'm convinced of that now. At 27, I said that, and it only took me 25 more years <laughs> to get into it. So passion for business owners and passion for their their abs, absolute understanding their pain, understanding their struggle, their loneliness, their, their quest. Uh, and the second thing, the second thing is you, you've got to, to be really good at, at listening, empathetic listening, really good at almost being like a, uh, um, a diplomat. Mm -hmm. um, when, when I left accounting in 2012, 2009, actually, I'm coming up on the 10th anniversary of leaving accounting. I, I actually went searching for a job and, and, I, and I found a great search firm who says, Ken, wow, you got an amazing resume. Wait a minute. Do you want to be a chief financial officer or do you want to be secretary of state? And, and he said, you just need to go and, and continue helping people. He said, because I can't find you a job where you can do all of what you've been doing. Mm. So passion, you know, a desire to be 
a teacher, a coach, facilitator, as we say, a, a, almost a diplomat. Uh, and and those are those are the the two critical things. And I think about that. I try to get better at it. I I try unsuccessfully usually to be funny. But here's here's one of my my secrets. In the the first vision building day, we spend the first part of the day reviewing the previous session, the the focus day. And so the way I figured out to do it, and uh, as far as I know, uh, I say, all right, we're going to have the, the the Hatfields over here and the McCoys over here, and I divide the room and I say, all right, uh, Mr. Hatfield, Mr. McCoy, hands on the imaginary buzzers, and I say, we're going to play Family Feud. It's going to be an open book test, and I'm going to ask what the survey said, and I say, name the five fa- the five focus day tools. God, yeah. which one of you? And so. Somebody they think and they stare around and, and, you know, somebody says accountability chart. I go ding, 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 ding. Okay. Do you want to play or pass? And, uh, and I say, remember it's an open book test and they're all flipping around in their manuals <laughs> trying to figure out, you know, where are these other four tools and everything. And, and the other team is going, Oh dang. And they really get into the competition. Is it important so, that they have fun when they're with you? Is that oh my gosh, it's critical. Yeah, it is. Got to have fun because it, everybody we work with is so in the business. You know, we, we've got to drag the phones out of their hands and get them to put them away. Mm-hmm. And, and we've got to get them to relax. Most people tell me I have zero time for thinking. Yeah. So the, this, this, you know, playing family feed, we do two or three rounds in a champ, world championship round and we review the, elements of the level 10 meeting, just name one of the agenda items or name one of the five key leadership abilities. And and you see shoulders dropping and people getting into it. And that, that sets the tone for the whole day. That's so good. I'm going to steal that. I'm stealing that too, because you know, know, make it fun. Learning is fun. I'm really curious. You've had so many experiences, 30 plus years in the last seven solely dedicated to to helping your clients. Are you seeing some commonalities there? Are you seeing some common mistakes or shortcuts that, that, that are hurting companies? Well, the first thing, uh, even in a 90-minute meeting, uh, the most common question I get is, what makes a company fail at this? Mm-hmm. And I say, without hesitation, if the top one, two, or three people in the business, whether owners or recognized or unrecognized leaders, if they don't buy into this and get into it, then this will fail because the second layer, if you will, of leaders are always watching those people. And that's something I learned as Hurricane Ken. The guy said this to me. He said, Ken, whether you know it or not, you're on stage 100% of the time. You're never off stage. So every, every, every sigh, every face you make, people are interpreting. So top, top leaders. Mm-hmm. You can convince yourself that this is going to work because everybody else is trying to see if you're going to give up or, or, and so that's number one. Number, number two, it is, um, it's, it's not really, it's, it's the unwillingness to really be open, honest, and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 yeah, I want everybody else to be open, honest, and vulnerable, but I don't want to be myself. 
And, and that's what one of my secrets as, as a coach, I think, is that I tell people, well, let me tell you how I screwed this up the first 10 times I did it. And, and I, I say that a lot in EOS sessions. And so I'm trying to model vulnerability and experience gaining, you know, the, the school of hard knocks, bloody forehead way uh, that, yeah. that, that, that I learned. And if, if people refuse to do that, then it takes longer. It takes longer. So the sooner that, that the top two, three, four, five people can give permission to the others by living an example that let's be open, let's be honest, let's be vulnerable. Yeah, I screwed that up. Mm-hmm. I love it. What Don Tenney just recently wrote a, a, a blog post about conflict in the workplace, and, and he opened with the line, Let's face it. You're not that smart. You're going to say something stupid. (laughs) 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 I quote that all the time now. (laughs) And, and so we, the third, the third thing, the third thing is that people have to eventually forgive others for all of the dysfunctional Mm. things that we've done. Yeah. And I, and, and I'll open the conversation when I notice that there seems to be some harping or whatever on, on this past sin. I'll say, all right, two words, forgive or forget, which is easier to do. And everybody looks at it and they say, well, forgive. I said, that's right. You can't forget when somebody has yeah. hurt you. Yeah. You can't forget it, but we have to forgive them or don't forget it. Resolve the situation, right. resolve it, and then at some point, let's move on. So the third thing is, if we can't forgive, remember, resolve, and move on, then then the, this will go slower than it needs to. And so that's really, really hard. That's so good. And, and my- EOS uh, is almost like a, uh, sticking a needle in something and sucks out the areas where, where those underlying tensions, uh, it brings everything to the surface uh, when you're using the tools, right. And identifying issues and having open, honest GWC type conversations. So giving them a, a, a lens of forgiveness, um, because, you know, EOS is, is almost like this new pair of glasses that we put on and we start seeing things right. in a new way. Yeah. So we can't, uh, be so hard on ourselves for the, what we did before. Cause we didn't know. We didn't have this new set of glasses. Right. Ben, Ben, you're right. We have to forgive ourselves, number one. Not forget, forgive, forgive ourselves and remember. And then it's even, it's just as hard to forgive others, especially if it's it's really harsh. Mm. I was, you know, sometimes we get asked to speak at places, and this is one of my kind of passions. Uh, The EOS life is about, you know, many things, but includes time for other passions. So, I like to speak. I spent 25 years trying to create a system that would have helped my dad because my dad could have never afforded me today. Yeah, He could have never afforded EOS. So I still have a soft spot for people who can't do it. So I, I go and talk to small business owners groups. And I was even talking to some kids at the incubator. Uh, the, 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 it's called the edge in Tuscaloosa. It's, it's incubator accelerator. And I said, look, it's, it's I don't think they'll get the message. And and my friend who had sold a business said, Hey, Ken, what you've taught me, if I'd known it at age 25 or 28, or at least been aware of, then I might not have screwed up so many things. I said, mm. okay, I'll give it a try. Yeah. And so I went in there with, with a new attitude. And I said, Hey, I bet, I bet who who's concerned about 
finding a market. Everybody raises their hands. Who's concerned about, you know, their product being um, uh, working right? I said, everybody raises their hand. I said, what else are you concerned about? And they tell me this or that. And I said, none of you have told me of the, the single thing that you've got to worry about in the next 25 to 35 years of your life. It's going to be harder than any of that stuff. And they all looked at me like, huh? I said, here's, here's how it goes. High school never ends all your life. And they looked at me kind of quizzically. I said, that's right. High school never ends all your life. People are your biggest problem. They're, you know, this one doesn't like that one. And, uh, oh, my gosh. And I, I, I said, people are you going to be your biggest problem. So for the next hour and a half, we're going to talk about a system that helps you manage people and their emotions and their human energy. It's called EOS. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's, they just soaked it up because I, you know, after 25 times of trying it another way, I'd found the one that worked. Like that, that, that leads me to my next question is how do you hone your craft? Uh, yeah, I do like being with entrepreneurs. I was in EO Birmingham for five years and I, I sponsor the, the chapter now and I invite them to have forum on my boat and, and, and they do and they love it. And, and so my own forum came. Okay, that's got to be I a see? big boat if you're having an EO forum. <laughs> hold up, oh, I'm hold on up. The boat right now, yeah. You're on the boat right now. Okay, tell the listeners in Traction Boat, what, do you, what kind of boat do you have? Well, we're in West Central Alabama, and so we have an amazing river system and impounded lakes on navigable waterways. So I have a, a houseboat that I've had about seven years. It's about a maybe a, a 10, 12-year-old boat, so I bought it used. Mm-hmm. It's... um. Uh, so it's air conditioned. It's it's got a full kitchen. Uh, I've got a number of televisions because I like to watch college football. It's got four bedrooms, two bathrooms. Uh, it's big enough. Next and, time we uh, have this conversation, truly, we're going to be on your ground. Yeah, I think we should yeah. definitely talk about a Tractionville uh, yes. road trip. Yep. Come on, guys. You can sleep right here. If, if we party too hard, you just stumble. And just be careful. Don't, don't, well, I imagine, don't stumble down the wrong hallway. You know, we, we, we talk about the, the EOS life, right? Do what you love with the people yeah. you love, making a difference, being yep. appropriately compensated with time to pursue other passions. And, uh, yeah. and so, so, you know, you're honing your craft through these other relationships and through peer groups. Yep. And obviously, you know, like, like I've learned, a, a ton from you um, in my seven years and in, in honing my skill set primarily around finance, um, which I didn't have a strong background in your, your time to chase other passions. And I, clearly you're doing that right now as we speak, you're on your boat well, in the river. Why is that important and, to you? Well, you, you know, my, my own father died at age 55. I was 14. So I realized that there was only so many hours and days and months in our lives. And I was convinced that, uh, you know, I would die that uh, age as well. I'm five years beyond that and I'm very healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so unless Pam kills me, I should, I should be able to, to be fine. But yes, you, you know, there are other things important, whether they be the church or, or, or not for me politics, but, uh, but I love, um, so entrepreneurship is, is my passion. 
people that want to do things uh, and, and make their world better by creating these amazing little societies we call businesses. Um, so, so I get number one, my work is, is my number one passion. Second passion has to do with helping people that, that can't afford me that are kind of, uh, if you will, right outside of our target market. I, I never could create a system. I, I wasn't Dave Ramsey that wrote a book that could help anybody. I'm, I'm proud he did that. But so I give talks uh, to, to groups like that. But I also enjoy uh, the, the river. We have beautiful forested rivers here. And um, uh, so I'm, I'm involved with, with our Chamber of Commerce and our city in trying to make this town's riverfront look more like Chattanooga's riverfront. The Chattanooga's done a beautiful yeah. job if you've ever seen yeah. it. Uh, yeah, they, and so I, I'm helping them apply for grants and I have more time to do that now because uh, I, I, I'm not traveling like I used to. Seven years ago, I'd have taken a job in Savannah, in Knoxville, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. Mobile, uh, Texas. And now we have implementers in those other cities. I don't travel as much. I have extra days a week to help to help people out, and and I, yeah, help first. I confuse help first and grow or die, and I, I combine them into help or die. <laughs> there you go, Ken. I want to I want to use your experience in the session room to to ask one more question. When you're in that session room with the companies that run EOS, what do great companies, great senior leadership teams do? that the ones that never really make that breakthrough don't do? Here's probably the number one thing is great senior leaders understand that we are not talking about perfection. We're talking about that Pareto principle or the 20-80 rule, the 80-20 rule. The ones that struggle seem to want to get things almost perfect and and when I describe an EOS company to a new employee, they say, I, even an average one sounds like something they've never seen before in their lives, and they don't even believe. I've I've had I've had integrators who have come to work at an EOS company say to me, I, I frankly I thought you were full of it. Frankly, I mm-hmm. thought it wasn't true that you could have a relationship like this with the owners. And so I just ask people trust the system. And when we say that, that it doesn't have to be perfect, that, that, you know, just relax into it. Mm -hmm. It's been tested, you know, 40,000 sessions and eight, you know, 7,000, almost 7,000 companies. And the ones that can't relax into it, or they're so worried about doing it, quote unquote, right. I just try to get them to realize this is one case this is one situation in your life where uh, approximately right is really, really amazing. Mm -hmm. And, and just trust me on that. And those that do, they're faster to roll it out. They're faster to start just talking about their core values. They're faster. I want it to be perfect. Perfection. I've got a, I've got a group called perfectaholics anonymous. I'm thinking of forming. (laughs) So, uh, so, so that's the thing. Can, Don't be perfect. It, you know, I, I, I can't believe I just looked at the clock and I'm like, oh, my gosh, the, the time just flew here with you. It's been amazing. 
Um, we like to conclude every every episode, Ken, with asking our guests two questions. So, the first question okay. is: you you definitely are living a very intense and intentional life. Um, what's the most unproductive but life giving thing that you do? Mm-hmm. Unproductive but life giving. That is, I I still will find myself trying to teach EOS in the smallest way to somebody who, who, you know, has no leadership team. Right. Uh, I'll give them the book and, and uh, I will spend some time. I'll spend an hour with them to try to help them. It, it's, it's really impossible to learn EOS, you know, in just a two hour session. Yeah. But if I can, if I can just, as Gino told us, help them see their business in a way that, that um, they'll, they'll never look at it the same again, that that it's a paradigm shift for them. That's, I keep catching myself doing that. And I say, I'm not going to do that again because boy, what a waste of time that was. But then a a month later I get a call from that person and he says, what you told me is just haunting me and Mm. it's, it's helped me. And this is what I've done. I go, keep going, man, keep going. So that gives me life. So the second, second question, you, you know, you have 30 plus years entrepreneurial experience. You've dedicated the last seven years, you know, you burned the bridge on your company and, right. and you've dedicated the last seven years uh, to helping entrepreneurial business owners. I know you're full of golden nuggets. We pulled out a bunch in this conversation, but if you had to give one piece of advice to our Tractionville community, what would it be? Well, yeah, I do have that. And, and I'll be very quick to say in that time, you know, I owned parts of six different businesses. It wasn't just a CPA firm. I was in a catfish farming business. I was in an equipment finance business. I was in a retail business. I was in an ill-fated Africa overseas photo safari company. Here's the advice. I would, I would say business is harder than it looks, but way less complicated than we make it. Business is harder than it looks, but way less complicated than we make it. Mm. Because, yeah, we want to jump into this business. Looks like it'd be easy to make money. No, it's harder than it looks. And then on the flip side of that, uh, you know, maybe if we put this person here, they'll work. Maybe if we put them there. No, it's less complicated than that. (laughs) They're either a right person, right seat. And they belong with you or they don't. Or they don't. And it's simple. Nice. <laughs> That's so good. Ken, where can we send people if they're interested in learning more about you or, or your implementation business? Well, it's very simple. DeWitt LLC, as in limitedliabilitycompany.com. DeWitt LLC. And I write a, a, a about a bi-monthly blog that's more of a white paper uh, that they're welcome to sign up for that. Uh, DeWittLLC.com. And I... I I give away myself through my blogs and, and they're not, you know, they're not the, 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 the hundred word, they're 500 word little white papers that, that try to teach. And I, I love for people to get those if they want them. They do. They may not know it, but they do. Everybody go sign up for that right now. Ken, the hurricane DeWitt. Thank you so much. <laughs> Tractionville. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you rate us subscribe? And as always share with a friend, 
We would love to also hear your ideas. You can share them with us at TractionvillePodcast.com. And we release an episode every Tuesday. So we'll see you next week for Tractionville Tuesday. Tractionville Tuesday.